Razor One, requesting permission to send in America's most elite vascular podcast, The Pod People. Permission granted, Blazer One. I'm Matisse Van Rossum, but you can call me Dutch. I'm anti-colonialist hero <laughs> Ben Predator. Hi, and I'm Cleveland Mosier, and I'm a goddamn sexual Tyrannosaurus. That's goddamn right it is. Well, we're back. That's goddamn right it is. That's goddamn right it is. And don't you have a thing to question about it? I won't. I'm too confused to ask questions. That's right. Well, this this week, uh, we're back. And it was Cleveland's pick, and Cleveland brought Christmas early with him. Damn straight. In the fact that this is this movie is a is a gift. It is a gift to all of us. It's a gift to you, the listeners. It's just it's just lovely, and you know, it's just something that should be placed under your tree with care and wrapped open and wrapped up and and enjoyed for the whole family, but not the whole family. Keep the youngsters out. This is a this is a movie for the big kids, for the big and, boys. And you, yeah, you know what? Let's keep the women out of it too. This is a <laughs> this is a podcast for men. This is a movie for men, and it's a podcast for men. And if you're a woman, you better turn this off. Yep, you're not gonna like it. Nope, you're gonna this be mad. A, this isn't for you. This is the podcast where we go out into the woods and we scream at the trees. <laughs> well, in case you haven't guessed, or in case you missed last week's episode, uh, this week we're talking about the 1987 horror action masterpiece, Predator, directed by John McTiernan and starring a all-star cast, including Arnold Schwarzenegger, Carl Weathers, Kevin Peter Hall, Elpidia Carrillo, Bill Duke, Jesse the Body Ventura, Sonny Landham, Richard Chavez, and Shane Black. And it's a movie about some big, beefy boys who go out into the jungle to fight an even bigger, beefier alien. Mm -hmm. You gotta love it. Uh, the first thing I'll say, uh, in in respect to your your previous bit, like the 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 joking with the the, the men only uh, podcast, that wasn't a joke. <laughs> if you're a woman and you're still listening, get out of here. I'm not kidding. What I'll say about this movie that I'd forgotten is just how fucking inclusive it is, too. Yeah, inclusive like, of everybody except, except women. women. <laughs> get out of here. Get out if you're listening. Ooh. I'm going to be steamed if you keep listening. <laughs> Any movie that can get me to root for the CIA without hating myself is quite the undertaking. Yeah, it's, it's doing something right. It's doing something yeah. right. I, I'm definitely in the same boat on that front. The heroes of this film would be the bad guys in pretty much any other film, especially today. I would argue that even in this film, they're still the bad guys. Oh, very. But they make it so hard to hate them. Oh, I know. Yeah. Oh, I know. Well, I mean, in case folks haven't guessed, this is going to be uh, a review that is, I would say, almost exclusively praise. I yeah, have, I have no This is I one of the none. greatest films of all time. <laughs> yeah, I have very little bad to say about this movie, and the few negative-ish things I have are so minor that you can't even count them, as I have, far as I'm concerned. Yeah, unless just something creeps up on me, I have zero. I have none. I, it's a perfect movie in my eyes. If there were a film that I would point to as the greatest action movie of all time and the movie I think of first when I think of action movies, it's always either this or Die Hard. And ironically the enough, they're both directed by McTiernan. Action movie, God, auteur. 
Yeah, whose career was tragically cut short by the feds. Yeah, another victim of the feds in the same camp as Wesley Snipes. He got got. Except Wesley Snipes is making a comeback. He is. Well, hopefully McTiernan can make a comeback someday. He has so many good movies under his belt. He has such a particular way with dumb action that is so not dumb and so good and so fun yeah i i would pretty much agree with y'all like this is if not the action film that i think of when i think of action films it's definitely one of them it's like the quintessential action film you know it's it's a silly way to put it like dumb not dumb but uh, you're you're really onto something with that. Like it. Oh, there's a it lot makes of incredibly you feel... dumb shit in this movie. Yeah, but like the movie is so aware of it. I have no problems just like shutting my brain off. It invites you to. Yeah. Like it, it just extends a hand out to just be like, oh, just shut your brain off. Have a good time with movie. And, and I do. <laughs> there's such an artistry to it. I think mm-hmm. I would argue that when John McTiernan went to prison for a while, you know, in the early 2000s. We stopped seeing movies like this. The brand and kind of genre of action that he kind of spearheaded with Die Hard and Predator, it's not a thing anymore. And even shit like what Shane Black was working on around this time, too. Uh, He is uncredited in this film, but did contribute to the script. But, like, he wrote Lethal Weapon right around this time. And, like, it's kind of a grandpa thing to say, but considering that these movies came out before any of us were born, I don't feel bad about saying No, yeah, it. fuck it. But, like, they don't make action movies like this anymore. They just don't. They just don't. And I, it's, it's hard to, to put your finger on what changed, like, what was lost, but... I, I can't think of I can't think of an action movie that makes me feel the same way that movies like Predator and Lethal Weapon and Die Hard do. The closest thing in recent memory I can think of is maybe John Wick. Yeah. I John think, Wick three is maybe the last most recent action movie that had me hooting and hollering. Mm-hmm. I think what the magic is, in this movie especially, is you have character development through the action yes. to the point where it's not consistently pausing for character moments. You get that organically. Yes. Yes. It doesn't feel like it's tacked in Preach. and you know pausing the action. It's part of the action. It's a whole. And I think that's why it works so well here. Absolutely. Yeah, you get a tiny bit of expository setup at the beginning, like maybe the first five to seven minutes of this movie after the opening credits but like after that it jumps right in and like you so acutely pointed out you get to know all of the characters through the action and how they behave under pressure in stressful situations it doesn't feel the need to have 20 minutes of the movie going and having like dutch put together his team and get us introduced to all of these mercenaries it's like you don't fucking need that nope you just need a handshake exactly yep exactly that's all you fucking fucking iconic you can't even call it a handshake it's like a a a brotherly arm wrestle between uh arnold schwarzenegger and carl weathers their biceps are as big as our heads oh my god it's incredible (laughs) 
Like it's it's ridiculous. Like it's cartoonish. Oh yeah. But it sets the tone for this movie so well. These are not realistic characters by any means. You know, they're just huge, beefy bodybuilder types running around, stomping around the woods, firing two guns at once, one in each hand, you know, just blowing shit up. Look, look, as someone with a background in, like, classical Italian Renaissance painting, I'm, I'm just gonna say this, this, like, watching these big, beefy, like, burly men moving around in cool shots and stuff is as cool as looking at the fucking Sistine ceiling, man. Like, it just... I would argue cooler. Like, Because uh, the Sistine Chapel doesn't have grenade launchers and miniguns. <laughs> oh, you haven't seen the latest restoration. <laughs> <laughs> New Sistine Chapel just dropped. <laughs> Sistine Chapel 2, The Reckoning. <laughs> judgment Day. Judgment Day. The oh, Divine okay. Judgment Day. <laughs> I guess that is... Anyway, um, uh... <laughs> No, but there is something to be said, like, about how, you know, Michelangelo's figures, Da Vinci once described them as looking like sacks full of walnuts. That's hey, he's these, not wrong. That's but... what these men are. Like, yeah. they're just they're just big bags of burly meat. They are cartoonishly large, but they're real. You know, like, and that's that's why it works. Is like it's it's cartoonish. It's absurd, but it's not absurd because it's like it's it's actually like cartoonified CG or anything else. Everything we're seeing on screen, apart from like some very minor effects in this movie, is real. It's tangible. You can touch it, and it's it's like it's analog film, and it's in the jungle. It's sweaty. Um, you can hot. tell that the it's cameraman hot. is sweating. Like, it just, you, you feel the weight of this movie. And another comparison, too, is, like, it's, like, it's fucking retro porn, man. You can touch it. Like, and there's something there's something to be said for that. Well, they don't make it like that anymore. That's the thing, too. I'm going to sound like a total boomer here. Do it. Total reactionary Blast boomer, Blast off, though, dog. Is, in an action movie like this, I don't want people that look like me. No. You know, I don't want to identify no, with characters. Thank you. I don't want to identify with any characters. And no one watching an action movie should. It should be larger-than-life drawn figures, you know? It yeah. should be big, big, beefy boys, <laughs> you know? And I think the closest thing we have to that in modern day in terms of action heroes is Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. But... And, and he's, and that's and why he's I think, good. That's why I think he's such a big star, is because he's the only one we really have. People crave that, but the problem is that I don't think Dwayne Johnson has been in many, if any, movies spearheaded by, like, a real, like, action movie auteur like John McTiernan. Like, he's always in, like, super safe, like, big Hollywood action movies that can be fun, but don't have the same presence that a film like Predator has. No, and... it's so true. And and not even just in action films, but, like, for me, just in films in general. Look at Possessor. Like, our main character is, like, a sociopath, right? I love being strapped in to a film with a protagonist who's absolutely nothing like me, you know? Across the board, like, for whatever that means. It's more engaging. It's more fun than just having, like, a relatable everyman. I, I get tired of that. The circumstances around your relatable everyman had, had, had better be very extreme, I think, to give it some any degree of creative edge. It's perfect. It's so lovely to be able to yeah, like step into these like these godly men's shoes, and the cinematography like just continues to shine like this really favorable light 
on them as well. Like, uh, we're always shooting, like, at hip or below the hip, you know, up at them and just getting these, like, wonderful, like, powerful shots of them moving around through the jungle. We're always very low and just looking up at these fucking Adonis's, like, sculptures. It's amazing. It's so funny to say it about, like, an action movie, but really every frame is just like a painting. The other thing I really love about this film is how it kind of does that radical genre hopping. You know, the first 20, 30 minutes of this is just a straight action movie. Yep. You know, them going to Central America to destroy a camp and just mow down dozens of people. Which is such a good scene. Like, so well done that you almost forget that the people they're slaughtering are just, like, brave men and women who are fighting desperately for their country's autonomy from Western imperial hegemony. <laughs> but, you, but, but you have to remember, Tease, they're Russian, so... Oh, right, of course. <laughs> it's like, the scene is so well done. It's such, like, a perfect action scene that you forget all of that and scream, hell yeah, when Arnold throws a machete through a man, pinning him to the wall, and then says... Stick around. <laughs> Hell yeah. Like, the number so of explosions, many explosions in that scene is absolutely absurd. It's and the whole thing gets kicked off by Arnie putting some C4 in the back of an uh, of a like pickup truck on bricks and lifts it up and the shoves it down. truck. Picks he... the whole truck up and shoves it down the hill to careen into the camp and explode, kicking off the action scene. It's like, how the fuck do you start an, a shootout better than that? And, like, how many action scenes end with a car going down a hill and ending in explosions, right? And that being the one. And that's how this they is start. started. That's warming up. How do you fucking do that? The the number of 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 flame like flame retardant suits they had to use in that that one scene. I should have counted this time how many people are on fire like in various I mean, shots. I lost count of the number of explosions. Oh yeah, you can. Every shot is a new explosion. Well, almost. that's the thing. McTiernan is so great at this and you know, he'll have Lots of explosions and noise going on in the scenes, but they're easy to follow. It's all trackable. And it's all bits. Yep. You know, it's all set pieces. Whether it's the truck or the knife or the minigun, all these different things. It's just little piece by little piece putting it together. Memorable into a, yeah, bits. Yeah. yeah, into a big scene. And also... The camera stays still in the shots. I know. The editing is super quick, but even though a lot of the shots are just on screen for a few frames, you can track what's going on because the camera is still. I know. What a a crazy idea, (laughs) right? Keeping the camera still so you can look at the cool things happening. See the action. Yeah. And to go back to sort of like the hyper exaggeration of this movie as opposed to like other more modern action movies, it's like. Okay, in a firefight it would be more it's more realistic to have each side like taking cover and like popping up to shoot at each other and then popping back down to reload. But that's not fun. No. In this scene, nobody is taking cover ever. Everyone is firing from the hip. They're all out in the open constantly. Nobody's worried about getting shot. And it's great. It's fucking awesome. It's in the middle of day, too, yeah. which is great. You know, lesser action movies always try to do it at nighttime so you get the bright explosions. But it's way more interesting when it's in the day, in the bright sunlight. Mm-hmm. You can see everything. 
nothing's hidden in shadow. It's just all laid out in front of you. And, and I respect that. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and, and like it, it gets away with it because it's so well done. And despite the fact that none of the mercs are taking cover, they don't have they don't take a single casualty in that scene. They slaughter everybody in the camp, and nobody dies. At one point, uh, Jesse Ventura like gets winged or something on the arm and uh i think it's shane black in that scene says he's like hey man you're bleeding and we get the amazing one-liner from jesse ventura i ain't got time to bleed Bleed. but what i had forgotten is that it doesn't end there because then shane black's reaction to that line is huh okay (laughs) (laughs) which is the absolute appropriate response james black's character (laughs) is one of the funniest characters in this movie you know between that and him constantly telling uh big pussy pussy girlfriend jokes and see we can talk about that because all of the women have stopped listening (laughs) right (laughs) tease (laughs) um <laughs> but uh yeah no i love that too because like i was i was pretty young the first time i saw that so like that characterization kind of kind of went over on me but the idea of like the one character just obstinately trying to tell these these like dirty jokes until he gets a laugh is great and the fact that he does he get finally one does get the laugh does, yeah and that, that's what's that's what's nice about it from Who's, billy from billy yeah great played by sonny landham and uh he he gets a lot of screen time in this movie and i i love him the he whole gets time a lot of great moments he's he's one of the the more if not the most stoic character which is why it's great that he's the one who shane black gets the laugh from because he's like the most stone-faced like implacable character mm-hmm. so that he laughs at one of shane black's dumb big pussy jokes <laughs> just makes it all the sweeter oh man yeah i'll I'll say too like i'm not gonna tiptoe around it in the beginning when jesse ventura is in the helicopter or they're all in the helicopter and um who's playing they're doing the the jungle like helicopter traveling sequence and they they don't play uh clearance uh for once uh credence yeah credence they don't play credence for once god damn it um (laughs) clearance clearance clear water i love me some clearance creed water revival that's what my brain did oh my god anyway yeah they're not playing that um but uh they're playing uh, some other song i've already forgotten yeah it, it was matter. good but uh anyway uh ventura's in the yeah was it a tuesday uh anyway ventura's in the helicopter and he says he calls them all faggots i think like yeah. he says something along those lines it's okay i'm bi i'm allowed to say that uh but uh he because he offers he, them um like some like chewing tobacco yeah i think yeah. it's dip. Yeah, yeah that's right. And they all turn him down, and he calls him. Yeah, yeah. Says, yeah, you're all a bunch of faggots, and uh, and this will turn you into a goddamn, goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. tyrannosaurus. <laughs> what an amazing line! But like today, you'll be hard pressed to find a protagonist who like fucking uses that word like that. Like you couldn't, you couldn't <laughs> do that today, um, in that manner. And it's just, it just considering who he yeah, is. Yeah, let action heroes say. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what I'm not I'm not saying you should these days. I'm not necessarily making like an argument for for what you're saying P, is like if PC you're Jesse culture. Ventura, I'm not sure you get a pass. Just yes. In this movie right here and now, yes. Like I I am saying that. And uh you, know, you cancel me if you want, but like that's not an argument for like anti like PC whatever or anything, but I I just I think it's interesting to think about how like you just can't have a a, a protagonist like really do 
say say that anymore. It is it's funny. It's funny to me. Well, honestly, one of my uh, only complaints, my minor complaints about this movie, and it's not even a real complaint, but it's just that uh, that Jesse Ventura dies too early. Oh, yeah. He's like the second one to get predatored, and, and I just want more of him. I think he's a fucking, I think he's a gem. I think he's underrated as an actor. Um, and I, I just want more Jesse Ventura all the time, Minnesota zone, mm-hmm. former, <laughs> former governor of Minnesota and future president, Jesse, the body Ventura. Damn straight. Damn fucking straight. If you haven't seen it, look up Jesse Ventura's governor portrait oh. because it is truly a gem. Masterpiece. He's standing in front of what seems to be the Valley of the Shadow of Death with an American flag behind it's incredible. him. Just perfect exquisite frankly. and also the fact that he won a uh a, a lawsuit against chris kyle and, and chris kyle's family <laughs> fucking even shame. better yeah because fuck chris kyle he putting the american sniper in his place yeah you know? honestly oh that man. lying bastard that fucking yeah anyway yep. anyway well, I, guess, is, I guess that anyway that's on air now but anyway jesse uh, ventura hour yeah whoops uh, okay, fuck Chris Kyle. Yeah, honestly though, read his book. He's a full of lies. Yeah, don't man. read his book. Don't, yeah, don't. Yeah. Or, or watch the movie. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, go watch Jesse old Ventura. Jesse Ventura. Jesse Ventura, who said. who wasn't punched by Chris Kyle because that's a lie. That is a lie. It's um, a goddamn lie. lie. Yeah. And you know what? I think that the problem with action movies today is that they don't have enough wrestlers in action. They just don't movies. have Jesse Ventura in them. I mean, we got the, we got the Rock. <laughs> And, uh, and Dwayne Johnson's great. And Dwayne Johnson's great. And, yeah. you know, John Cena does his stuff. And, you know, John Cena, John Cena has, like, he's got the physique and the charisma, but I, I don't know, there's something missing from his personality. Yeah. Uh, but John Cena yeah. could be a great action star. I, I think it's just because he's not that good of an yeah. actor. I, I, haven't, I haven't seen a lot of Cena. Uh-huh. Roman Reigns was in uh, that... Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs movie, and Shaw. That's right. He which sure I was. saw in theaters <laughs> because I had a list and it was free. Um, I saw it on IMAX actually. Awesome. Um, I feel like that's the way to see that. Yeah, it it is near. You know, I honestly feel like the Fast and Furious series is the closest we have to like classic action movies because they have a lot of that powerful dumb guy energy. Hobson Shaw had a little too much talking, though, which was my biggest gripe about it. Yeah, I want to be into the Fast and Furious more than I am. I've tried, and I can't. I can't get down with it. But I, I do think it shares. This shares a lot of the same kind of dumb guy energy as as these old action movies. But the point is, put. I know he's old, but put Jesse Ventura back in stuff. <laughs> If he wants to, I don't know. Maybe maybe he's done with that. Yeah, no. Let him focus on his presidential bid for twenty twenty four. Yeah, exactly. Let's let's put the man yeah, where well, he belongs yep. in the Oval Office. The Oval Office. That's right. <laughs> well, uh, we've we've actually he's got we've, more political experience than Trump. So you know, there's, there's that and better politics. Yeah, honestly. Um, but uh, this isn't hard. Let's um, let's talk about Arnie a little bit because we'd be remiss. Yeah. We're already like twenty minutes into this podcast, and we've hardly mentioned Arnie. The man it's maybe himself. our only chance on this podcast to talk about Arnie. Yeah, unless we total recall. Uh, mm, oh yeah, more. total recall. Total recall. I we could get away with total recall. recall. Yeah, 
We can do. I that. mean, if we can do it's total, got if we cerebral can do horror, recall, then we can also do Terminator. Yes. Good, sweet, so, yes, yes, uh, uh, yes. Uh, awesome. Uh, but yeah, Arnie complaints yes. for me. Arnie yes. fucking rules. One and two. Arnie fucking rules. I, we haven't talked about him on this on the show because this is our first chance. But like, Arnie has a special quality where he's not a good actor at all. But he's great. But he has so much charisma, and he's a great facial actor. He has great facial expressions. His line delivery is trash. I love it, though. I love it, too. I love it, too. His line delivery is trash, but he's got the physique of a champion. And he is really good at... He's very expressive. And there's so like much of that in this movie. The number of times that Arnie looks like legitimately concerned or like worried like when they're trying to figure out like what the predator is like what's picking them off one by one it's like he's supposed to be the leader you know he's the major dutch is the major but he doesn't know what to do and you can tell but he's not gonna let his men down and not, he does not only die. in his like his cartoonish facial expressions but also in his physicality, mm-hmm. he yeah. does a great job of running to his, his, his teammates and, like, bending down and reaching his arm out in a, like, uh, in a way that, like, it, it's, like, like to a degree of, like, like, dancer's grace. Just showing with, like, every muscle. Well, yeah, but uh, he's a bodybuilder. His... Bodybuilder is, bodybuilding is, like, the art of posing. Oh, yeah, it's so true. And, like, uh, gotta know how to move. Yeah, and, and just showing, like, like these, these expressions of, like, sorrow or or rage, or, like, just domination through, like, uh, his, just the way he stands. Um, and, like, that that goes back to the way that, like, John Wayne would walk, you know, in westerns and shit. Like, like physicality is everything in action. It's more important than acting chops. Yeah, it is. Than acting and- ability, because... You see that Arnie is not a good actor, but but again, well, he's well, a, a great good great action star. He's he's melodramatic as an actor, but like as a as a physical actor, he's yeah. he's he's unbeatable. That's definitely like worth noting, and I, and I think that like the the two one is not necessarily better than the other. I, I think like as an actor, it depends uh, on the movie. Oh, of course, and it depends on the role is, that you fit. You know, like, you know a movie like this is written towards Arnie's strengths in that there's little in the need for comprehensible dialogue yep you know everything is told through the action and therefore we don't need to give arnie a ton of monologues and you know overly complicated lines we can just have him describe everything we need to know through his face Mm -hmm. through his physicality like you said and and just a core and just a couple of core punchy lines Exactly. Like, when I say that Arnold Schwarzenegger is not a good actor, I should clarify that I would not replace him with anybody on the planet in no. this movie. <laughs> I would not I would not replace him with anyone. No. See, he's he's melodramatic thing. as shit. And yeah. like and like no, in the wrong role, it, like you say, like in the wrong role it doesn't work. But it's, Here it's perfect. Yeah, I mean he wouldn't be good in like a drama. But, like, that's not what this is. Everything about this movie is hyper-exaggerated. See, that's the thing. I would say Arnie is a great actor with an extremely limited range. (laughs) You know? He is fantastic in very certain roles. And if you stray far beyond that, you're going to have a bad time. I think to his credit as an actor, 
he knows how to pick the movies that he's in. Well, absolutely. I mean, look at his start, right, with, like, Conan the Barbarian. Mm-hmm. I mean, that if that isn't the perfect example, because, like, that itself, you know, like, stems from, like, the Frank Fazetta paintings and, like, comic illustrations. Classically painted, but, but goofy Adonises and shit, you know, battling, like, giant lizards and stuff. His career emerged from that with Conan. Well, and just that the fact that he doesn't do what so many action heroes in movies have tried to do and try, as they got older and less physically imposing, tried to go serious, tried to go dramatic. Or like, He's never tried to do that. Well, I'm glad he didn't go the Steven Seagal approach either and oh. just yeah. kept going. Just keep it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen The Expendables, but... I don't know. Uh, it's not very good. Yeah, from what I hear. Uh, that might piss off some of our viewers, but eh. Like, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's um, not good. I mean, uh, I mean, he did, well he did, uh, he did in the, in the mid to late 90s take that, that weird detour into children's movies. Movies and comedies. I was going like to ask Jingle you guys, All the Way. Loki, yeah. Jingle All the Way. One of the greatest great. Christmas movies <laughs> of all time. All it's one I... Unironically watch maybe every Christmas time. Jingle All the Way is a good one. Jingle All the Way is a good one. What was the... He did a comedy film with Danny DeVito. Uh, Twins. Twins, yeah. (laughs) That was fun. Yeah, like... uh, He's not good in it, but it's fun. And didn't he do that one uh, where he was pregnant? Yeah, uh, Junior. Junior, that's right. That's right. Weird. Also Oh, man, so now that I'm saying this, maybe I take back what I said about (laughs) movies he's been in some bad shit but oh man predator and total recall and terminator uh give him a free pass to be whatever the fuck he wants as far as i'm concerned well he's he's one of of two big actors who you can't understand and i gotta say i definitely prefer arnold over stallone any day like if i had to choose i i I, I don't want to choose i love them both and they're they're great rambo fucking rules but arnold's incoherence as opposed to Stallone's incoherence. They're, they're such different flavors. Um, like Arnold's is, is purely accent driven. And, yeah. and so like, there's, there's something like at least cultural about it. Whereas Stallone, it just, it's just the sound of brain damage. Um, uh, and like, you know, it's a little I, bit harder to, I will, I will say to give Stallone his credit <laughs> and this is moving away from Again, Predator. I love briefly, Stallone to give Stallone his credit. I don't think that Stallone is a terrible dramatic actor. I don't think he's great, but like First Blood and Rocky. First Blood and Rocky like First Blood is Rambo before Rambo became a cartoon character. It, you know? Yeah. It's pretty up there by the end, like blowing up the gas station and shit. It's still like, pretty grounded overall. Yeah. But it's grounded and like his his monologue at the end where like his his old commanding officer comes in to like try to talk him down and he like breaks down in tears like that's a pretty a pretty well done scene and credit to Stallone for being able to pull that off as yeah. like as like a PTSD nom vet but anyway let's go yeah. back to talking about but Arnold Predator. but Arnold yeah but Arnold. Uh, yeah his like his accent i think it it just adds this wonderful like bit of of flavor and flair Whereas so many other, like, beefy action stars that can't act just have a flat delivery that just isn't very interesting or is just just overblown melodrama. But Arnold, 
gets away with it too, I think, because like his accent just gives it that extra bit of spice. It's iconic, and it's yeah. made for one-liners. It really is. It's made for stick around oh, and get to the chopper. <laughs> be remiss if we didn't drop at least one of those. Oh, yeah. it won't be the last. Much like in Predator. Exactly. Yeah, he gets a couple to get to the choppers. No, and then of course, I think the the next person we'd want to bring up uh, would of course be Carl Weathers. Yes. A classic, you know, a, a, Creed. A, a few more bones and you've got a stew, Carl Weathers. Uh, yeah, his performance is the, in this is great. He, I love it. Uh, He's really good. Yeah. He does a really great performance. I I, I had forgotten um, that his character is, is almost villainous. Like, I mean, he just is villainous. Yeah, well, I mean... He's a CIA guy. Yeah, it's it's next to the monster, uh, of course. Like he's he's still like uh, reliable, and you you get the sense at one time, you know, he was like a good guy. And well, a yeah, I mean, because of... Dutch is Dutch is mm-hmm. surprised when he learns that that uh, Dylan has been using them to get in and get information. Because Dutch says at the beginning, he says, "We're not assassins; we're a rescue team." So you know. Dylan lured them there under the pretense of we have to go in and extract somebody, but Which actually, is... no, we needed to destroy this base because they're going to cross the border and invade with their weapons, you know? So that's right. They're all like private hired mercs. Too. They're mercenaries. Yeah, yeah, they, they are, they're, they are the worst. They really are. They are They're private military contractors. Yeah, that uh, yeah, private military contractors. That's that's not good. Nope. Yep, uh, that's just not good. Hired by the CIA. Yeah, the yeah. Fact that not they, bad news. They would, you know, even think to hire those people yeah. for a rescue mission should have rung a, a million red flags. But what I what I will warning bells. What I do like about it is like like the the whole stigma around private contractors is is very bad and it should be at least from like a civilian perspective. But like what's what's neat about it is like Arnold who is like their major, he's the head of their group like like clearly like when they were serving like in Afga- what do they say that they what Nom. were Nam? Were they in Nam? They're in Afghanistan, Cambodia. Nam. They, 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 they've been. They've, yeah, they've, they've yeah. been all over the place. They've done lots of tours and stuff. They just want to do like peace operations and like you know extracts rescue and stuff missions, and rescue yeah, missions. Which is like they want to so do fucking like, funny to me. Like, Imagine a stealth mission with, with these the, guys. These guys. Yeah. Just we already saw them crawling around at one point and. Okay, uh, <laughs> that shot is incredible and worth and worth highlighting on its own. Uh, leading up to the amazing base fight that we've already described, um, like they 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 work they work their way in to survey it, and there's this just this awesome shot where they all simultaneously like slide crawl on their bellies down this hill up and behind a log, and you're looking at the scene, and of course like it's dead silent except for like some some like some of the woodwinds, you know, uh, like uh, and just a little bit of bump 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 music, and uh. Uh, like uh, these guys just slide in down the cell and it's covered in leaves and brambles and stuff and like it's it's dead silent they, they've cut out the audio to it but you know that the, the actual like audio behind that take is just <laughs> like as they're all sliding down this hill um, well, Ben uh, made the joke that they're, they're the, si- the sound is covered by the background music, music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the orchestra's giving them cover but they do set that up well legitimately like within the, the framing of the movie them being like a like a covert rescue team because there's the bit where Carl Weathers um, 
like slides and like hits a log and like sends it rolling down the hill yeah. and Bill Duke uh Mac like uh you know comes up to him and he says like you you pull that shit again you know like you 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 try and keep you know holding us behind um and it's it's you know like well I'll fuck you I'll fucking slice you here well that's the thing I'll say too is like Arnie and Jesse Ventura probably the worst stealth people alive but I will say having like Billy and Mac on the team mm-hmm. kind of give that sort of stealth idea a bit more gravitas. See, when it comes to like being able to hide behind small objects, being giant doesn't really like help help you out very much and there's something to be said for that. But also when it because those guys are bodybuilders, they have a lot of body control. And like honestly, like giant dudes like that, they can be stealthy. They can be really quiet. Like it's a video. Well, it's very video gamey to think of like giant dude is you know like can't be silent because like that's usually like separate character classes. But like in reality, like the dude, the dude has like ballerina grace. You can see it on him. Like like Arnold would probably be pretty quiet in the woods, which is equally terrifying. I think. Well, we get a little bit of that near we the do. end of the movie. We do. Um, yeah. But what I will say with that is, I think the fact that Billy is a tracker. And Mac, Bill Duke, who gives one of my favorite performances in this whole movie, he is, his whole character is emphasized on, you know, being silent. That gives that stealth a little more authenticity. Well, he's their stealth expert. Yeah. And that's, that's what's cool. It's like, cause they're, that's, I mean, that's what makes any great like squad movie or book is like the, the series of experts on the team. Yeah. And then like, you gotta, you gotta have that. It, it, it's, it's, um. It's so great, and th- this film is is a perfect example. And Jesse of that. Ventura is the heavy weapon specialist yes, with uh, he old is painless, old painless, the fucking minigun, which is almost a character in and of itself. Oh, it is, yeah, because <laughs> um, it lives on. It lives on past him, even after he dies. Uh, Mac picks it up for also one of my favorite scenes in the movie, where Mac sees the predator uh, kill Jesse Ventura. And, uh, and so he just starts firing blindly into the trees. And as you mentioned, Ben, nobody stops him. Nobody tells, is like, hey, what are you doing? All of his squad mates just run up right next to him and also just start shooting just into the fire. trees. They don't know what they're shooting at. And it goes on for like two minutes of just like them unloading, putting <laughs> clip, new clips in, just mowing down the forest. And then we get the wide shot of just like all of the trees just and undergrowth just like sawed off and like waist height i like to imagine this is a regular thing for them yeah this this happens a lot um but yeah no it's just a true act of solidarity you know you uh shoot first ask questions last how these uh, so-called gangsters ask in the words of Waka Flocka Flame. <laughs> Flocka! <laughs> but no, it, it is true. Like, just that, that idea of just, like, howling into the void, you know, just, like, firing endless bullets into this jungle to, to try and kill this, this creature that's hunting them. But uh, I do, I do want to, like, focus on Bill Duke for a minute because his, his performance also is, is fan-fucking-tastic. Uh, like, his breakdown is really well-paced, he probably gives the best, like, serious Acting dramatic performance, performance mm-hmm. in the movie, I think. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I, I, no, I, I agree. Like, his sort of descent into into madness is great. And, like, they all pull it off pretty well. But him especially, because, like, he's he stays alive 
for uh, a good long time. So we get to see it. And, you know, mm-hmm. Jesse Ventura was his friend. Well, and, and not only his, his friend, his, like his best bud and, and, uh, uh, confidant, but also maybe lover. Hmm. But uh, the uh, if you want to get weird about it and, and ship uh, ladies, uh, welcome back. Uh, if you want to, you want to ship nope. ship. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, sh- I, didn't, I didn't tell you to come back. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, uh, what I'm getting at is that Ventura he actually foreshadows Max' downfall. There's a moment when they're going through the woods. I think it's after they found the corpses or they're they're going back from the camp. Yeah, it's when they're they're leaving the campsite, bushwhacking to the to the next location. To the extraction. To the extraction zone, which to the um, what, what is it he says? Like the I wouldn't wish it on a, a broke dick dog. A broke dick dog, yeah. Weird weird expression there. But uh anyway, Ventura says something along the lines of if you you lose it out here, you're fucked. And uh, it it foreshadows that so well because he's lost and Bill Duke loses it, you know, and uh, yeah. so he he sets that up for him, uh, which is which is cool. It's little, little little touches, and this movie's full of those. Um, for as again as dumb guy as it is, as as you know, as much as it this movie features like scenes of big burly men firing guns into the wilderness, uh, like it it has those those little those little touches, and it's a dumb guy movie made by smart people. Yes. Exactly. One other part of Bill Duke's performance, too, uh, that I love is uh, his death, actually, because I think it's one of the most iconic ones. Mm -hmm. You know, you get the three dots, which becomes, you know, kind of an overused symbol of the Predator nowadays. the, The triple laser sight. Yeah. But the way it's set up in his death when he's hiding and suddenly he sees it on his arm and looks up. And it moves to his head is just so well done. This whole movie has so many memorable deaths. Carl Weathers' death is also really awesome. Yeah. With him getting his hand chopped off by the predator and it falling and continuing to, to pull shoot. the trigger. <laughs> well, I love it because it becomes a, a sort of a theme in this movie with people uh, like dual wielding assault rifles, one in each hand. Oh yeah. So when his one arm gets shot off and falls to the ground, he still comes around with the other one, <laughs> which <laughs> Arnold gives him, which the hero right. of course provides him, which is yeah. cool. The one other thing I had to say about Mac is that they make us think that he's gone too far. Like they get one more glimpse of the predator and it goes off into the wilderness. He starts running after it. And he takes off after it, and they call for him, and he doesn't respond because he's already lost it at this point. And we get that shot of him, like, running up the hill, and he's he's taking all of, like, his extra, uh, his backpack and everything extra off of him. And he's Mm -hmm. just, you know, got his gun and his bullets, and he's saying something like, you know, I'm coming for you or whatever. Well, he's he's singing a Little Richard song, I think. I mean, not really singing it. He's just like— Little Richard, that's what they were playing on the helicopter going in. I think think he's singing the same song that they were playing on the helicopter. Word, okay. that's what that is. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's he's doing it in a way that's very crazed. It, it, it's he's clearly he's he's lost his mind. Yeah, he's not seeing it. He's like speaking the lyrics yeah, over like, and over with intensity to himself. And uh, we think, okay, he's he's lost it at this point. And then we cut back to Carl Weathers, and he's going through the woods because his job is to, to get him back. And he turns around, and we hear him whisper something, and uh, we think, uh oh, it's the predator mimicking the voice. And and then Bill Duke. Mac, like, sure enough, pulls him back behind a tree, and he's hiding. And, like, 
and then he spots the predator. Mm-hmm. And Points I love out. I love that because like so often like the the use of madness in movies forgets that lucidity comes and goes. Like that it can boomerang like that. We're we're brought to the edge of our seats thinking, "Oh, he's dead. He's so dead right now." And then he gets another like hopeful moment before the end, which just makes the end even like more full of torment. It's a great callback too to earlier in the movie when he pulled back. I think it was Carl Weathers, Weathers again, yeah, for yeah, being loud. And he says, you know, if you make too much noise, I'll skin you. I don't care who yeah. you are. I'll yeah. bleed you and leave you here. Also, when he gets the scorpion, when he on his yeah back. stabs the scorpion yeah. off his which back. which is also really well shot because like first off we had that lead in with the previous scene you just mentioned Ben so when he calls him over at the camp it's like oh, what the fuck is he gonna you know do now and he he points off in the other direction he, he says turns, turn around yeah, yeah and he looks off and we just see him raise a knife behind his back it's just perfect and the way he like and he gets the scorpion on his back um and like that that kind of scene is very done um especially now. Uh, with, you know, movies where, like, you think the person is shooting at them and they're shooting at the monster next to them or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, shooting like, at somebody behind them. This is a much cleaner way it's a, of doing nice it. nice little fake out. Yeah, yeah, it's um, good. And it's not overplayed. In the interests of, uh, of not letting uh, us ramble on too long, I think it's time we got to talk about The, the Predator. Predator. Absolutely. Because yes. we've Perfect. talked a lot about our other characters, but we haven't talked about The Predator. <laughs> Hello, friends. It's time for a peek behind the podcasting curtain. (laughs) So everything that you've just heard up till this point right now, we recorded last night and uh, Ableton crashed about 50 minutes in and corrupted all of the files. And uh, we spent about 30, 45 minutes stomping around in rage, or I did stomping around in rage. I did a little I joined in a little bit of yeah, uh, a little bit um, of stomping. A lot of shouting, because, um, you know, it was, it's good content, but... Uh, and we lost it all. And we lost it, or so we thought. thought right. But... Uh, obvi- you know, obviously, that we, we didn't, because you list- just listened to it. Exactly. But uh, that was due to uh, Ben's audio engineering masterpiece, well, Magic. As I-, I was saying last night, or earlier on this podcast, for you listeners, you know, the best thing about a squad movie is that everyone's a specialist. That's right. And we sure as fuck have our specialist here in Ben, because Ben rocked this shit. We had a corrupted file on our hands, and this man was three able to... Three corrupted three files. Three corrupted files, because all of our mics different files all corrupted ben was able to fucking work his audio wizardry magic and uncorrupt them i will say i had to perform some dark rituals and i might have sacrificed one of our firstborns to uh, the greater good oh yeah worth it honestly yeah always Um, worth it whatever we can do for the podcast you can always make another firstborn yeah yeah exactly you know if the firstborn is gone, then the secondborn is, is technically the first your firstborn. Yeah, and then you it have doesn't a, count. You can have an endless supply of firstborns, really. Yeah, just don't have a secondborn until you've sacrificed the previous one. <laughs> and then you're good. It's, it's a loophole, if you think about it. It's a yep. ritualistic loophole. Damn. That's right. How well, about it? The pod people educating you in occult rituals. Mm-hmm. Occult firstborn loophole rituals but anyway so let's continue on with the show let's march forward into the jungle deeper we go um so where we stopped um we were getting ready to talk about the predator we've talked a lot about the uh squad the characters arnie uh the movie at large but we have not talked about the monster 
um, which is iconic, an iconic uh, movie monster, right up there with the likes of Freddy and Jason and Michael Myers and uh, most notably the Xenomorph from Alien and Aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, they fight in a couple of movies, and it's, it's bad, but we were just talking <laughs> about that before we started recording. Um, but yeah, The Predator, who would like to start? I would. I have many thoughts. First off, I think that if there were just a few different design choices in this film, the Predator would have come across as a cheap Sentai Power Rangers monster. I think I think it takes very little, very little to to separate the Predator from a Power Rangers monster. Well, we did see that in the credits, uh, Screamin' Mad George is on the creature effects team of this movie, the, the gentleman who brought us the Giver. Yeah, and I'm very glad you mentioned that. The Giver suit... The suit design was not the problem with the movie. That was my favorite part. Like, I think it was a pretty neat design. Yeah. Uh, neat costume. So, yeah, crazy that, yeah, like the same guy, Screaming Mad George, um, created this uh, this suit as well. Well, worked on it. The creature effects team had well over a dozen people on yes. it. Yes. But he um, was he was. With shows. And, yeah, if you just had the Predator without the Predator's tech, I think you'd, you'd essentially have uh, a Sentai monster. Because at the end of the day, it's just a guy in a suit. But so is Alien. Mm. And uh, the things that make Alien scary and the things that make the Predator scary, or effective, I should say, are quite different. Yeah, too, I mean... For them both being guys in suits. Look, look at Alien. You know, you have a, a group of very regular people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's much different to make a, an imposing figure towards those people than it is to make an imposing figure towards a squad full of meatheads, right, you know? Right, exactly. Uh, where they're all just lumbering, huge men. Dual-wielding assault rifles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's... One of them is Jesse the Body Ventura. It's a challenge <laughs> to make a figure that's truly imposing to a squad like that. And they pull it off in this movie, A, by having the Predator be super tall... Just yes. incredibly tall, something like seven foot plus. Yeah. He is physically; it is physically domineering. First, he lifts Arnold off the ground in the in the final fight by his throat. You mm-hmm. know, so and and I think that's like the first time we really get like the full extent of the predator scale because that's the only time we really see them him like right up next to one of them, and to see like somebody as big as Arnold dwarfed by this uh, big space dreadlocked beast uh is it's pretty imposing it's super cool and i think the other thing that helps make the predator so imposing is the uh invisibility suit he has Mm -hmm. well just the superior weaponry overall like Mm -hmm. uh the suit is as scary as the shoulder mount like we're uh we mentioned previously the reticle the the laser the triple Mm -hmm. laser is is iconic for that reason because that's terrifying too i think it all stems from a very first world, especially like 80s American fear of there being someone with superior weaponry because like, you know, like World War Two, like and, and well, going forward, like like as a culture, like America was the country with superior weaponry. I mean, just look at the setting of this film in Central America. Just exactly. look at the history of that part of the world, even before the CIA was fucking staging coups to fucking destabilize the region with superior weaponry and arms, even back 
to the fucking conquistadors, you know? Yes. It's like the the setting of this movie sort of informs uh, the the plot in that way as well. It Absolutely. Works, it's, it works in the Jaws sort of effect, you know? They really limit how much of the actual predator you see in the first half of the movie. Instead, you get its POV yeah. through the thermal view that it has, which is, first off, super cool. Just awesome effect, really unique, and you immediately sound too. immediately mm-hmm. know that you're looking through the Predator's eyes. Mm. That end, you get to see the aftermath of what the Predator has done. You know, the first thing we see as an outcome of the Predator is the skinned bodies of, of the platoon they sent in and they, beforehand. They take no time. To show you that either. That's yeah, very that early in the film. Yeah, five minutes after they, they land. Yeah, maybe the first like 10 to 15 minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, we're talking, like, real quick. We're cutting to the chase on this stuff. Well, I think what makes The Predator so effective in this movie, too, is obviously removed from the context of popular culture where everybody knows what The Predator is. The pace at which they reveal information about The Predator is... Perfect. Ideal. Like Ben mentioned, we really just start out like seeing its POV and like the sound design does so much work, like the sound of its visor and like zooming in and stuff. And we see it doing like really weird things like isolating sound samples from people and we see that used later and what just what it has done to people and then we get little glimpses of it cloaked in its invisibility and the the eyes flash and then finally when like it's actually revealed you know we see it in all its glory but it still has its mask so there's a, yet another reveal in the final fight when it and Arnie square off and it takes the mask off to reveal the the truly alien face underneath, which is so great because like up until that point, it really does just look like a, a big dude with dreadlocks and like claws. Yeah, and he's a cool very, helmet. He's very human. But uh, and like the cool thing about the Predator, too, is that like it has like hyper advanced super technology but it also still has a lot of elements of like primitivism and like tribal uh tactics and stuff oh sure and even in its garb like it has uh like mesh clothing and and skull it like it drapes itself in skulls and stuff like that it's like a very a very cool mix of tribal and futuristic that um i just I love. Yeah, I adore it, even. Mm-hmm. Um, not enough of that aesthetic, frankly. I'd, I'd love to see more of that in films. And, uh, yeah, and just, like, the the delivery of information uh, is so great because, like Ben was saying, like, we don't see the Predator for a very long time full on, but what we do get uh, always is something that gives us a nice amount of supposition. Yeah. Right? Like, there's always – it's always replaced with something, like, really cool and engaging. Like, the thermal vision, the the sounds it's making. Like, we get its claw when it's, like, picking up the scorpion. Yeah, like, just some, some great shots. And we do we do see one bit of it when it heals itself. When yeah. it heals itself, we get we get a shot that is maybe a second where you can see it in its entirety. Yeah, like not, hanging a, in the not trees. enough. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I think that scene is worth mentioning as well. Not enough time to see it. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, that, well, I mean, not enough time to get like a good idea. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not in as a, a complaint that mm, we don't see it long enough. No, no, no. it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that shot lasts just long enough. So you're like, well, wait, what was that? But that scene is really dope, too, because it's after 
the scene where they've all just like unloaded thousands of rounds of ammunition into the jungle and have not killed it and we see that like it got winged in the leg once Mm -hmm. out of all of those shots that they dumped into the undergrowth like it got hit once and we get to see that dope sequence of it like using its like future medical equipment and stuff to like sterilize the wound (laughs) and like a a gun thing that like stitches the the wound together and we get like as it does that it like roars in pain and we cut back to the the squad like hearing that sound and being like oh what the fuck very very cool yeah also it's like glow stick blood i love that i love (laughs) glowing alien blood uh the delivery with that is great as well because we see it on the leaf and we see that the um the prisoner character uh what's her anna anna is um is the only one who sees it and Mm -hmm. at the time she's not talking to them and like she's she's a hostage so like we're thinking like oh man the one person who could have used this in or who couldn't use this information like to help the squad has this you know like has that data and so we're kind of tense about it and it's like ah oh, all that for nothing no and then once she comes around she she actually helps them in the best way possible like how that come that that nugget of information comes around from tension to just uh divine um like writing is when she says it did bleed like i i did find its blood yeah earlier which leads to another another gem of a line uh from from arnold uh, if it bleeds we can kill it yep. <laughs> fucking iconic yeah. one, one of the many iconic one-liners yeah. spawned out of this movie yeah man that would be the line in any other film and this one has so many of those. Yep. This 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 film is on par with any and better than than many James Bond movies for one when it comes to one liners. But oh uh, yeah, better. Yeah. No I mean, doubt. Hey, there's some good James Bond one liners, but like they're uh, yeah no it uh, it's definitely it's definitely up nothing there. will ever be as good as stick around. around. <laughs> <laughs> nothing will ever be as good as get to the chopper. As get to the chopper. Yeah. yeah. So. I I did mention um, that I have a couple of very minor uh, complaints with this movie, like extremely minor. One is that Jesse Ventura dies too early, like I mentioned. And I will say that I don't think the digital effects have aged super well in this movie. Like the, the cloaking suit, I, I don't think it looks good. I don't mind it because I love the movie so much and I find it so charming and fun that it doesn't diminish it for me. But those effects do not look good anymore. They look pretty bad. I have a few takes. On that. I'm really glad you brought up the suit. Earlier on, I think it looks worse than later. I feel like the artists were were kind of getting the fee- the the swing of it in the earlier sequences. And to boot, the earlier sequences when they look worse, they're way shorter. They cut those down a lot. Um, they're only a split second long. Whenever you see like those shots of the predator like cloaked in the beginning, see. But I feel later like on, that's... when it's cloaked, I felt like those shots are a little more competent, and they do some cool things where like it's not just like. In a lot of movies, when something is cloaked, it's just like the light bends around it, and it's very it's very simple in that like it looks kind of curvy around where the silhouette is. But here, it's more fractalized, and you get these cool like mm-hmm. repeating patterns that appear, and I think they look really neat. I think conceptually, it look it's it's neat. I think in execution, like it just hasn't aged very well. And I'm I'm glad you mentioned that it looks better later because I think you're right. 
I think it's actually the other way around, not that they were getting a feel for it in the early shots and then did it better later. It's that because those shots in the first half of the movie are so short, they put less work into them because they're on screen for less amount of time. Mm, And then the later ones where we get to see it more fully are a little bit cleaner because it's like, well, now they're really showing it to us, so we have to make it look as good as possible. Oh, yeah. Short aside, there is one big map painting in this movie. There might be others that I missed, but That's like, like... two seconds long. It, not even two. It is one second uh, where, like, they're they're crossing the log. It's uh, the log that Billy dies on. Um but they're crossing the log, and, like, we get a lot of shots on that log, but only one that's, like, a split second long with this, like, just gorgeous map painting behind them of, like, all the mountains and, like, how the river is going down it. And, and they never cut back to it. They never cut back to it, and it's it's just gorgeous shot, uh, which isn't uncommon for, for films and, like, for map paintings, like, to, to have these, like, huge artistic endeavors, um, only get about a second of screen time. But, yeah, it's it just worth mentioning, because, like, it's a great map painting, um or at least for the second I got to look at it, it looked pretty great. You know, yeah, maybe, maybe it looks a little bit too longer. Maybe it looks like dog shit. Well, I mean, or maybe it just, it takes, uh, it's a little bit too much fantasy, like having a matte painting in your shot when like mm. everything else is so like core jungle and like not realism per se, but yeah. And I mean, regarding the suit, like I see where you're coming from. I, I think the effect, you can see like the green screen edges sometimes yeah. and it's a bit silly, But I will say I respect the practical element of it so much more than I would, you know, if they did bad CG or something like that. Ooh, yeah. I mean, sure, it's it's 87, so, you know, they're coming right up on it, and I feel like it's... It had to at least be a little bit digitally enhanced. Yeah, there was there was um, yeah some because it because it does look like some some early bad CG. But you know, it's like you work with what you got, and like I said, it's it's charming enough that like it doesn't really diminish it for me. When I was but a kid, I thought it was awesome. Especially when you compare it to like the other practical effects, like the Predator suit itself, and like its face when it takes its mask off later, and like the articulation of its mandibles and stuff like that, um, and the gore, like the skinned bodies, and when they blow Carl Weathers' arm off and shit like that. That shit. And the shoulder all, mount cannon moving around the on its own. Shoulder mount cannon and like it moving with the Predator's head as it looks around. Like that stuff is all so good that the cloaking suit and and like the projectiles that the the shoulder mount cannon fires same kind of thing they don't look great i mean they're moving so it's a little bit easier to forgive than the than the suit but um it's just one of those things where it's like the technology was not really there to do it like it needed to be done and in comparison to like the other really great effects like that stuff stands out for me um but super minor it's not it doesn't detract anything from the movie for me for sure um speaking of articulation i thought the gloves looked like gloves yes they do a little bit which which is where my my sentai point you know i think is probably the most little notable rubbery, little, that... the, the nails are a little floppy the claws mm-hmm. are a little floppy yeah. yeah uh and and just a tiny bit but again they don't they don't get much time much screen time so they they keep it short like they recognize like what they had you know they they did they really did the best i think with what they had like getting articulation out of like long like reptilian claws is mm-hmm. not easy to do and especially like without like like Honestly, modern cg it, it looks it looks the worst 
when it's like trying to handle the medical equipment, the, the tools and stuff. Cause it's like those big rubber hands are not really made for that. Yeah. Um, that, that doesn't bother me uh, as much as, as the, I mean, if anything, I get more scene. joy out of it. Um, quick aside from, from that. And I might cut this out. I don't know if it'll be funny for the podcast, but, um, I saw something called, it was a meme where it was like, um, predator gloves for like a child's uh, uh costume and it was li- on amazon it was listed as child latex predator hands and the person had, had captioned it as i've never seen the word latex do so much heavy lifting in my entire life <laughs> <laughs> because if you take out latex then you've got child predator hands <laughs> Even with latex, <laughs> it's still not great. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Um, okay, well, yeah. Let's uh, let's talk. That's pretty about, funny. Let's talk about the climactic finish, which is the best part of the movie, hands down. I think Predator hands down. Oh yeah, Predator <laughs> um, gloves down. When Arnie's all that's left, he's told Anna to get to the chopper, and she runs off into the woods, and we see her again at the very end. Um, but she's gone from the movie, and because uh, no women allowed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Arnie is chased by the Predator to, uh, he falls off a cliff into the lake, and he pulls himself onto shore, and the Predator comes out of the lake behind him, and he realizes that he is covered in river mud from the bank and that it is obscuring his body heat so the predator can't see him so he then takes uh several hours to set up a series of uh of elaborate booby traps and uh goes a fucking hunting Mm -hmm. and that's where the movie really becomes a story of the hunter has become the the hunted hunted has become the hunter the predator no (laughs) (laughs) this is the part of the movie that really leaves you asking is this movie called predator because of the alien or because of arnold who's really whoa Whoa, it makes you think man i will say the the scene where he's setting up the traps is so funny to me because he's doing all of this while he's under the trap like he's pulling this giant giant log up well, yeah, on the a funniest tiny shit. string like not only not only is he just standing right under it but he's like doing some true bodybuilder shit and pulling up like a log way more massive than any normal person would be able to to haul up into a tree also keep in mind that this is right right after he fell down two waterfalls <laughs> that's, true. that's true i forgot i always forget about the second waterfall i know me too i was in tears just because like it's it's so absurd like one waterfall isn't enough to bruise arnold like he, we have to send him down two waterfalls outstanding i bet i bet originally it was one waterfall and then in editing they realized they could get away with making it two which is just great it's just it's just fucking awesome um he gets he gets blasted by the shoulder mount cannon like dead on it hits his gun instead of him so there's like shrapnel all over him and scars and damaging and then he gets blasted and thrown into the water and then goes down two waterfalls and then gets up rubs muddle over himself like it's fucking nothing no infections and uh fucking uh, well we would hey man river mud is clean oh yeah well you gotta exfoliate you know that's right uh, uh keep that skin baby soft mm-hmm. um oh god i do i do remember that uh we we're we we're making a joke about that too is like 
at the end of like his preparation sequence when he's he's pulled up all the the logs and things and we get that final shot of him like smearing the mud on his face and it looks it looks really good like he's like putting a camo you know like uh, he's, he smears the mud on his face and i just i i love the idea of that shot lingering for about two more seconds after he's like covered his face in mud and just putting two cucumbers on his eyes <laughs> <laughs> and it pans out and the predator is next to him and it puts two cucumbers on its eyes. Oh, nice. The ensuing game of cat and mouse is awesome. We see Arnie build a bow that is so powerful that it can shoot his homemade arrows through a tree. His um, explosive arrows. Well, he has both regular and explosive arrows. We see him shooting the regular ones through a tree, but then he uses an explosive one to destroy the Predator's cloaking device at the very beginning of the fight. Right, he has... Very smart. Very smart. Uh, he, has, he has an explosive arrow and an explosive spear. What I like about it, too, is I was asking myself, like, while I was saying, because it had been a minute since I've seen the film, like, he's like, is he making, like, like explosive-tipped arrows? What the fuck? Like, how the fuck is that going to work? And they make it work. Like, he has, he, a, he has a giant bonfire set up, like, and he does the, the manly yell, uh, which is great because, like, the Predator yells, like, earlier on in the film. Oh, yeah, dude. Well, so, I like, mean, he does he, the Ar- Arnold has realized at this point that the Predator is hunting for sport. It doesn't want to just kill them. Like, it wants a challenge. So that's what he does. He challenges it, you know? That that shot of him, like, raising the torch above his head and just, like, bellowing into the jungle just, like, sends chills down your spine. It's like, oh, yeah. He's he's saying, like, come on, motherfucker. Let's fucking go. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. And, and it's great because, like, it's the first time in the movie where he doesn't feel entirely outmatched. Like, he has an idea of what he's up against, and the odds are still stacked against him, but he's prepared. He's found a way to beat its heat-seeking vision. He's found a way to remove its cloaking device, so he's on more even footing, you know? And, like, the back and forth of, like, just even the shot where he's waiting for the Predator to show up, and he's, like, up in the tree, and it creeps down just right past him, like, coming within inches of him, and it doesn't see him because he's covered in mud. That shit is so fucking cool. Yeah, it's great. Like, yeah, he has his own cloaking device now. And it's mud. It's the most, like, primal, like, primitive thing it can be. So cool. But... As we see, it's very easily undone by just knocking him into the water. That's true. Because he gets knocked into the water, and then he doesn't have mud on him anymore, and the Predator can see him. But, I mean, then that that also has a super satisfying payoff, because the Predator, like, catches him, it, like, lifts him up by the neck and holds him against a tree. You think it's about to kill him, and then it puts him down, and it takes off its shoulder mount and its mask, and it's like, okay, you've proved yourself a worthy opponent. Let's go hand-to-hand you and me and like so fucking corny but also awesome and it makes sense for the predator it's the best way for this movie to climax absolutely two meaty men or one meaty man and one meaty alien battling it out ugly (laughs) motherfucker I I will say something that made me giggle a little bit because I'd forgotten about it is that when the Predator takes its mask off, like it loses the heat vision and we see what its vision looks like, which is just heat vision, but with different colors. Yeah. And it, if anything, even worse. And it's <laughs> it it's just there's something funny to me about like this supreme hunter race that 
like can stalk extremely dangerous prey through the jungle and kill it in single combat and having just dog shit vision <laughs> just absolute garbage eyesight because like in those parts after it's taken its mask off and we get its pov impossible to tell what's going on absolute yeah. visual and gibberish imagine jumping from tree to tree with thermal <laughs> vision <laughs> like where everything is just the same color <laughs> <laughs> oh my god awesome yeah that's that's definitely like i think uh maybe more so much like the the camouflage mm. like suit the invisibility cloak i i think that this is the similar sort of problem that the uh there was just what they could work with at the time that's the best thermal effect that they could really work with um i just think it's like once it removes its mask just do away with the thermal like maybe put like a tinted filter over its vision or something but just give it like normal or, ass vision or just don't show know? it don't show or us. just don't show it yeah, yeah. i i agree um, cause especially like we see, we see like when Arnold is trying to lure it into his like spike trap and it like notices the spike trap. It's like looking at the spikes. It's like, you can't see that. That's all the same color. You can't tell what's going on there. <laughs> um, I mean, that scene is great though. Like trying to lure him closer. is like, you've got me. Come on, kill me now. <laughs> and you know, we have some context for, for the predator now. Like with all the the other like affiliated bullshit, but at the time there's there's some fun world building speculation you could make that the predator is doing this maybe not necessarily entirely culturally, um, and that it's like a renegade or something mm -hmm, like sure. like or it it's a it's a subsect, you know like it's a it's a small cultural subject of like a, a, a it's a space hobo. Yeah, or or um or, or or like a of a smaller tribe of a more technically advanced like alien like sure. species or whatever. There's all sorts of cultural excuses you can sort of give away for like, or you can give it for ha like one being where it is, getting away with it, or why some of its aspects aren't the most competent uh, as well. Well, uh, sort of going off of that, um, I I want to talk about something about the predator that I think is. From I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen any of the sequels, but like so, uh, uh, an aspect of its lore, I guess, or whatever that I feel like is glossed over in later films. And that's its ability to mimic human speech. So cool. Well, they which, set I, had it for, which I had forgotten about. Yeah. Yeah. They, they set us up because pretty much everything that the squad does is foreshadowing for the predator in some way. Right. Um, whether it's the like uh big bertha or what's it called old painless old whether painless. it's old painless um <laughs> being like like them being the ones with the superior weaponry you know like the their old painless like is is even that is like outclassed by its arm cannon yep. or its shoulder mount cannon um but also like when they first go to take down the village what do they do there's a little command outpost and both mac and uh, uh jesse the body ventura um uh sneak up on one of the little outpost spots and what does what does mac do he whistles he does a bird call imitation mm -hmm. and the guy looks down and over and it brings him over and it's the old like it's that hunter, you know, like distraction or like uh, lure 
you know, like audio lure and he pulls him in that way and he and he uses that to kill him. And that's what the Predator does later. And it's really cool. Well, what I love is the way that they they set that up too. Uh, at the end of that scene, when we see the Predator's vision after the, the scorpion bit mm-hmm. um, and also when um, Shane Black's character gets Billy to laugh and we see the Predator's vision and it's like analyzing and like repeating the laughter. And you think that it's doing that from like its mask or something but then at the end when uh arnold lures it under the the big log and drops it on it and you know pins it um mortally wounding it which is perfect like how uh we see arnold like set up that one trap and then like he sets up the second one just in case and i remember ben you made a joke about redundancies or something like it's like oh my god like one trap's not good enough he's gonna haul up this other one too and it ends up Saving his one. ass, like that's that's why. Plan B, Gotta exactly. Have, yeah. Like, and that's what Plan that's Barnold. <laughs> and so, uh, Plan Barnold, uh, like Plan B, is the thing that ended up saving him because, uh, like, Arnold keeps crawling back under his little his little trench with the the uh, the knife branch, and the predator notices it. And he sees it and he's like, no, come at me. Come and yeah. fight me. I'm right here. And uh, the predator walks around and perfectly stands underneath the log. And we get the lovely log smash because, you know, again, like it's big macho, macho, meaty men. We have to have a bigger log smash the of other course. one. It, it is the most of course, wonderfully phallic way that we could end this fight um, as it should be. Uh, so as no you were saying, allowed. it's knocked to the ground. And uh, Arnold picks up the rock and he's about to crush its skull. And then he kind of drops the rock and looks at it and he says, what the hell are you? And it mimics back at him. What the hell are you? Which is kind of a cool thing to like repeat, even though it obviously doesn't understand what Arnold is saying. Presumably like it, like them asking each other, like what kind of fucking monster are you? And then, you know, it presses the buttons on its, its little wrist computer and starts the the countdown to self-destruction um and i love seeing it laughing at yes yes that's and it what, begins yep. its laugh and it starts to laugh mimicking <laughs> mimicking billy's laugh from the beginning and if they hadn't set that up and then had the predator laugh it would have been stupid it would have been stupid but instead it's chilling Instead, it's scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to have it, uh, its laughter kind of like chasing him into the jungle as he's running away before it self-destructs like a fucking nuke. Well, you want to know an amazing fact? The person... Fact me, baby. The, the Predator was voiced, um, uncredited, uh, I believe, but uh, the Predator was voiced by Peter Cullen, who also is the voice for every iteration of Optimus Prime. No shit, really? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So the Predator's voice is also Optimus Prime. Fuck yes. <laughs> Fuck yes. That's incredible. That is so cool. I know, right? That's amazing. Yeah, I had no idea. What fun, right? Yeah, like, it's all connected, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, um... Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the end. The Predator blows up. Arnold gets to the chopper. Anna, so does Anna. Anna is there. Yeah, we saw she got to the chopper in the first place. Uh, and they fly away, and, you know, we get a, a, a lingering shot of Arnold's face. You know, maybe he's a little shell-shocked from this, but uh, then we roll credits. You know, we're not going to... We're not going to get into his trauma. No, who needs that? Who no. needs who needs who him needs getting that? back home? Any of that shit? That's all assumed. He defeated the monster. That's all we care about. That's all anyone cares he about. That's all we need. Right. Like, give that run time for more action, as they do. Yeah. Goddamn right. 
No, it's perfect. And then we get an amazing like ending cutscene sequence. I wish more movies did this now. Oh, like, I'm like, so glad I you wish, brought that up. I, I wish more movies that. did this. Like we get we get a, like a, a fun shot of like all of the cast. Every member of the crew like gets a or it's not like, crew, it's but like every member cliche, of the cast. It's a the, the yeah, old freeze it's, frame. It's such a good cliche. Like, where they it's, where it's, they turn and fun. smile at the camera and it says, uh. Blaine, played by Jesse Ventura. I don't. I don't care that it's cheesy. It no, it's lets me awesome. love the character. Like it's so good. Like, can we please bring that back? It's fucking cheesy, but it is so fitting yeah. in this movie. It's the perfect way to end it to just show us all of our characters, and then we freeze frame. Yeah, just on. a reminder of like how yeah. great like everyone in this movie was, and it it just like the it breaks the fourth wall a little bit. It's a little bit frame over picture, but the well, I mean, it's so manufactured. It's them. It's all them looking away, and then they turn to the camera and smile. <laughs> but but and like then it freezes. But like, god damn it! Like it it puts it, it lets the viewer feel like they're part awesome. of the squad. I love it. It, it lets you it, feel yeah. like you're in with the group too. And and yeah, it's I adore it. And, and it's like I, I wish more movies all, did it. After you've seen most of these people suffer horrible, brutal deaths, it's nice to see them <laughs> to finish the film with them smiling and be like, "Hey, it's my friends. They're all here." I mean, well, really, no, okay. Now that I've boys, said that, the boys are back in, in town. town. <laughs> the boys are back in town. Now, I will say, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm getting a bit of a giggle because uh, I am imagining like some of my favorite modern horror movies doing that at the ending. <laughs> oh, I mean, you can't. It will. You like, can't imagine. Do it uh, spoiler, like, like imagine Midsummer, like with all like the killed <laughs> teens, <laughs> like doing that for the credits. Um, I mean, it's one of those college things, students. It's, you just you oh. can't you can't do it anymore. Like we've been talking about this whole episode like you can but you've got to do it really right it is it is a it's just such a fine line yeah it's just such a it's such a a very particular thing it's like you have to make sure the tone of your film is right to be able to get away with that it's like they don't make action movies like this anymore they don't do shit like that in movies Mm -hmm. anymore and it's like you if but we're starting to with john wick I think that's progress. Like, yeah, I hope at the John end, Wick is fucking I do, progress, I do man. hope at the end of John Wick Four, uh, we get one of those where all of the, <laughs> the different uh, assassins, the assassin characters, turn and smile at the camera. <laughs> See, there would be great. Like, you yeah. know, honestly, like, yeah, I, I wouldn't even mind that. Yeah, man. Like, <laughs> like, like, that just goes even, to show that John Wick is the closest thing we have to '80s action movies now. It's true. It's true. I, I don't think you're going to get too many people who would disagree with that either. Uh, well, the only other is like I could totally see them doing that in Fast and the Furious and I wouldn't be surprised if they had already done it. I mean, isn't the thing with CG Paul Walker kind of that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Basically. You'll always be my brother. (laughs) It's been a long day without you my friend. Just the worst way to send someone off. Or best way. Or best. I mean, I don't know. It's the most fitting for that series. Yeah, Yeah, for that, I think it's great. Well, I mean, it's, I think, pretty much purely a formality, but do y'all want to rate this thing? I don't, I don't think we're under. Oh man. Yeah. It's be, it's be tricky. It's be a hard pick. What am I going to, what am I going to wait? I don't know. Ah, gee. Oh, Oh, geez. What What am I going to do? What do we rate the greatest action movie of all time? Oh, Oh, fuck. Mm. 
Yeah, four point five. Uh, uh that's just three point seven. Just not quite close yeah. enough. Uh, what do you think? Oof. What do you think? Ooh. All right. I mean, it's five. It's a five. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's a, a fucking five. five. Uh, we don't even need to break it down. Like, <laughs> yeah, the one thing I will say is this is the perfect example of combining genres, combining slashers yes. and action movies, and getting both genres perfectly. And stupid simple. Can still be done with incredible form. Action, science fiction, horror. It's the perfect synthesis of all three. Oh, yeah. Because it does have trademarks of all three genres, and it does all of them very well. Yes. I mean, I I feel like most people listening to this have probably seen The Predator. I mean, if you haven't, what the fuck are you doing? Like, Like, watch the movie. It's one of those things where it's like explaining it is is just like an exercise in form more so than like and reminiscing you know for the fun um, i i, I like to think that's probably like a, a, a big benefit of our show yeah. right like like if you've seen the movie before you get to sit down and you know we can all talk about yeah, maybe it you haven't maybe you've reminisce seen, over maybe the good moments predator before but you haven't seen it in a long time and this is us reminding you that this movie it's fucking dope fucking kicks ass Not that you needed reminding fucking I'm sure blows my nips off mm-hmm. and uh and yeah if you haven't seen it in a while this is the time to go watch it it's the holiday season die hard is a christmas movie as some people like to argue john mctiernan six degrees of separation is predator a christmas movie why the fuck not it is for sure. us now it sure is that's <laughs> the thing like die hard perfect movie getting a little stale as a christmas movie Predator. Predator's the new Christmas movie. Yeah. It's, it's ours. next wave. That's right. Well, all it needs to be a Christmas movie is a movie you watch on Christmas. And you know what? That's just a, tradi- a tradition. You don't fuck with tradition. You know? That's what it's about. Well, speaking of, next week is our Christmas, Christmas episode or our, our holiday season episode. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, a film called Rare Exports. Yes. That I don't know a whole lot about, but we watched the trailer and we were all like, this looks awesome. Let's watch it. I have had some friend at some point in time highly recommend it to me. And I don't know who. I do not remember. But a friend of mine at some point gushed about Rare Exports. I think it's like a Swedish or Norwegian film or something. It's about kidnapping an evil Santa Claus or something. I don't know. We'll see. It'll be next week. You'll all see. You'll all see. (laughs) (laughs) So come back next week and join us for some holiday cheer as we watch and review Rare Exports. Uh, Cleveland, do we have a sponsor this week? Yes. This episode was brought to you by Carl Weathers Stew. Are you hungry? And desperate, get some stew. You know, just throw a little water with that, with those bones. You know, just cook it up together, put a little hot water on it, and you've got yourself a stew. Would you say that it's the perfect meal for cold weathers? I would. Um, uh, uh, sign up for uh, uh, this limited uh, edition run uh, and get, get uh, seven gallons of Carl Weathers stew uh, and you'll also re- receive one free gallon of hot ham water this is all an elaborate ele- Arrested Development reference um, if you haven't seen Arrested Development I'm sorry you missed out on the joke but uh, there's always <laughs> next week um, that's it from me 
It's a good show. All right. Well, Carl Weathers is in it for a bit. It's funny. Speaking of, speaking of good shows, this is one of those. And if you agree, then leave <laughs> us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Fucking better agree. <laughs> and, a, and a nice review. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at podpeoplepod and at letterbox.com slash podpeoplepod where you'll find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those episodes. This is our second this unanimous is... Uh, perfect scored film in uh, the span of something like three weeks, in the span of a month. Hell yeah. Um, so, uh, we know yeah, how to pick them. Predator is uh, is joining its brethren in the hallowed halls of the Golden Pods, where it belongs. Um, so you can you can check that out on our Letterboxd page. You can follow me on Twitter at some spooky snake. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Sheets. And I'm occasionally tweeting for Light Arc Studios with further progress on It Stares Back. Uh, go check us out on Steam uh, or uh, wherever the fuck you want to check us out. Uh, you can also see my work on ArtStation. Um, uh, just search Cleveland Mosier, see some cool spooky paintings and whatnot. Uh, and you can also see my, my work in the Dread Collection uh, as well, uh, two and three. And uh, I think that's about it from me. All right. Well, that'll be it from all of us. And uh, this is the pod people reminding you that with the right friends, you too can get to the chopper. Good night, everybody. Guess who just got back today? Them wild eyed boys that had been away. Haven't changed, had much to say. But man, I still think them cats are crazy. They were asking if you were around How you was, where you could be found I Told them you were living downtown Driving all the old men crazy 